2: episode 187 of the upper bowl podcast we had a full slate we had a slate of nhl playoffs we have talked about nba playoffs a great guest this week from cbs sports radio nationally we'll tease that a little bit sooner and we got a lot of everything about college football like nick saban versus jimbo fisher i'm already ready for college football already um Clyde, are you ready for college football already for whatever that Texas i like drama i, think I do too
3: nick- Nick Saban's a fucking moron <laughs> as if he's never done anything like that. Like you've never bribed these players or done something that now is happening with player image. Get the fuck out of here, man. I was just telling my aunt and my cousin who Alabama fans, cause he went to school there and I was mm-hmm. like, he is just out of his mind.
2: I kind of like yeah, it though. He, I
3: mean, I guess I like it too. I like I, him, I him, like, like him
2: more. more being out of his mind than um Dabo Sweeney just contradicting himself every moment of his life because like, oh, I, I, I would quit if NIL go through Like, Where where are you quitting or retiring, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like Saban kind of sounds like a crybaby when in general, uh, he's gotten his way for so long because of a lot of things that are now technically allowed, and I'm sure they weren't allowed the whole time he was doing a lot. Of, you know, it's, it's hard to prove a lot of that, but come on. It's like, how did he... And I understand eventually he built the culture so he didn't have to bribe them that much, but... Yeah. in the beginning, come on, like there are two a days. It's, a fact. it's just a fact. He bribed
2: people. There are also two days. If you ever let's talk to Drake or Patrick, and he told me there was like there were two a days back in the day for practice to establish a culture, which was crazy. So, I'm ready for college football already, and this is ready to go. Um, unfortunately, Miami Texas A M is not going to be on CBS, which is really unfortunate. I was ready for that, but it's not. So get ready for ESPN and ABC for that. But I, I am ready for Texas A&M, Alabama. I think this may be a bloodbath. Oh, sorry. I thought my <laughs> mic was up.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. Um it's I think Texas is the team that everyone it's the team that everyone thought that could, you know, always. Yeah. It's always the team, oh, Texas is back. You know, it's on brand because it's the how the same thing as the Cowboys. It's the same exact thing. It's just, oh, they're coming back this year. This is the one. They're doing it. They finally figured it out. And every single year, Texas just doesn't figure it out. And honestly, I think the Longhorns culture and. Uh, this is a we're oh, talking. <laughs> oh, a and Yeah, Texas
2: Longhorns. Yeah, also. this is Jimbo Fisher's head coach of a anyways. But we, uh, we can make uh, fun of. Te- we're allowed to make fun of Texas anyways. So
3: well, Yeah, I just, you know, there's so many Texas teams that I make fun of. I get I get carried away. But I think uh, Jimbo has good points. You're right when it comes to AM. and m I, I could understand people thinking that Jimbo's annoying with it in a way. But I also think, I, honestly, I kind of err on his side rather than Saban's side just because I get what he's saying. You know, Jimbo's finally gaining some momentum. And I heard something recently about how Nick Saban never loses to somebody more than two times. Yeah, and Jimbo, he's essentially losing to him not only during games, but now he's losing players to him, and that's something that used to never happen. So the fact that that's starting to happen, I think, is good in general for college football.
2: Yeah, I, I and also it's also good for Miami too. So if more players are leaving Saban, they're either going to Miami, Texas A&M, LSU. Well, we just need the whole league to get more saturated.
3: Yeah, you no, know, it's. College football, there's too much top-heavy, um, you know, just it's it's a top-heavy league. You can't really avoid it. The best teams win. I mean, honestly, if you're not an it's, SEC team, you don't even really have a shot.
2: It's like the old and Eastern it, Conference for NBA.
3: Yeah. And, I mean, if you're in the ACC or the Big Ten, even those teams don't seem to be able to stack up at the no. end. It's always the SEC, at least lately. So... I don't know. We'll kind of see where it goes from there. But I, I, I mean, I hope at least we keep seeing more parity. At least we're going to see some of the sec teams give Alabama a run for their money. So.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, Also there's been talks of, um, you know, the whole, like how Texas, Texas and university of Texas, Austin and Oklahoma is going to be joining the sec soon. Yes. It's talk about this pod system now. So there's like one, like two rivalries or like, you're in a pod now, which is weird. So it's like they're trying to figure out the scheduling for next cup when when those two teams join. There's talk, there's maybe like things of like rivalries going away, like Alabama, Tennessee. Like I know Auburn, Alabama is going to stay in stay intact. I know there's a law that LSU and Alabama must play every year. I hope those two stay together. You know what I mean? But there's talks so of like there may be a lot of notable games, like rivalry games, be gone. Freeze this new potting schedule.
3: Well, the way that the SEC schedule works already is weird to me. The yeah. fact that Georgia and Alabama don't play every year in the regular season is fucking weird. I don't kind of like.
2: I kind of like that though. I don't. I I, don't. I, I like it. Do my key
3: I, programs make sure that they play each other once every regular season? I point.
2: like them in the SEC title game. I mean, it just means more to me.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a notable it, event. It happens, but. but it doesn't always necessarily happen. I would rather it. I want both of them to have to play each other more than once a year. It it, it challenges each side more. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I don't like that. I'd rather um, have some more parity. It's the same thing with the Big Ten, when some of the Big Ten teams don't end up playing as much as they should. Um, I just think college in general, the way it's set up, is flawed um, oh, yeah. the scheduling, and you know, the NCAA has their head up their asses. In general, it's a big part of why it's not my favorite sport. Uh, well, favorite league. I love football, obviously. I'm in
1: basketball, but
3: it's really hard for me to totally support the NCAA because they're, in my opinion,
2: moronic. Do you do you, if When you support NCAA, NCAA, do you divide it up by just basketball and football or just one league in general?
3: I mean, I look at it in general. I okay. mean, it could be volleyball, swimming, whatever. I, the way that they handle everything, I think, is terrible, really. Yeah. The ownership, I- the leadership. Um, I mean, it does lead... Kids to a good path sometimes and leads them to their full time career, but other times they take advantage of kids, they lose their scholarship, and everything goes to the power structure of the NCAA. And that's just the way it is. And finally, player image and likeness is allowed in some places, and they're already throwing their hands up and they're mad that they're not getting that money. So it's, I mean, they're a disgusting moronic. It's moronic by the way.
2: They're a disgusting league. They are. They're a sick league because they, they want everything and they, they just suck at everything. It,
3: it's like them and FIFA kind of oh. large. yeah <laughs> fifa's also yeah they take everything from small countries so
2: it's it's can know. i say it, the ioc too yeah. That, yeah that's a triple threat right there anyways the ioc fifa and the ncaa all like
3: and and that- don't get me wrong nfl's corrupt they cover up dan snyder that actually might be coming out we'll see They yeah votes on it i doubt it the billionaires always protect each other so I don't think uh, the other owners are going to condemn Snyder. Some of those people were probably at those uh, parties. if yeah. anything. So probably I, don't, Jerry know. I Jones. don't I don't love any of these leagues. Don't get it. At least in the, when it comes to power structures, but
2: the, the three leagues we said, you remember that photo of like Trump um, Putin on that globe. It's like Trump, Putin and Epstein. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I literally oh, just like, wait, it's oh, like man. that photo. Of the, the, they're all on the globe for power. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Might as well get down to the NHL playoffs. I'm gonna say this: Monday was the saddest day of South, like Monday into Tuesday, was the saddest day of South Florida sports of all time. The Heat lost, which we'll get to. We'll get to that soon. The Florida Panthers got swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was. They had so many shots on goal, and they couldn't get a puck. Pass Andre Veselesky, Who They're already saying he's the top five. Like they're already putting him in the Mount Rushmore of the best goalies of all time. And I'm like, really? Are we that serious? We're just jumping ahead, making him pass Henrik Lundqvist, Ryan Miller, Jonathan Quick. But we gotta throw him there. It's like motherfucker. I, I hate Tampa Bay sports for passion, mostly because of the Eagles and Bucks, and also the Flyers and the Lightning. The Tampa Bay fan base, I, I personally can't stand their asses anymore. I, I no,
3: really I look at them like you. It's the it's the snowbirds that go down and they pick a team. And you're just mad that you picked the wrong team. If you would have moved to Tampa,
2: then you would have been. happy. I would never have done that, by the way. I would <laughs> never. I, I made a rule of myself when I lived in Columbus. I would never root for the Blue Jackets. I always root for them to lose.
3: I don't, I don't mind the Lightning that much. I mean, Tampa, I'm with you. They kind of annoy me. It's a lot of people who aren't from there, and they just pull for them. But it's at the same time, I mean, there are people that are from there, and I'm sure they deserve at least some of the wins. Obviously, you don't really want Tampa to be the place for the hockey dynasty. But, no, I don't want them to have
2: the hockey dynasty. I'd rather have be, I would rather deal with another Penguin Stanley Cup and deal with that I don't know. bullshit I don't, than I don't deal with a Tampa the,
3: team. I don't have the hate for Tampa. Uh-huh. I just don't. I uh, hate a the Eagles Bucks stuff. I don't hate the Bucks stuff. If anything, I hate the Bucks more just because of Brady and his weird ego. Now
2: I, I personally hate the Bucks fans are starting to act like Boston fans. Now they're just wearing a fucking Brady jersey to a random hockey game. And I'm just, well,
3: that's Brady fans. You can't,
2: I know I, 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 I was with someone. I told like, Hey, I looked at him was like, are you too poor to afford a hockey Jersey? And he just like, looked at me. was like, fuck you. I was like, dude, I could tell you're not from Tampa. So get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
3: confrontational I, I i don't get not
2: even from philly and listen to you my god <laughs> the, I, I feel like i need to bring a little philliness to hockey games <laughs> a little bit so yeah the florida panthers are eliminated after being swept by laning um this is i don't I, this is my first job in sports radio this is probably the most fun i've had like working for a team like doing their games like i told clyde half the time i off air it's like dude i'm i'm up doing the panther like lightning not lightning i san jose sharks florida panther game i'm not getting out till 2 30 i'm like jacked up this was so much fun to work uh i'm just bummed the season's over now yeah
3: i mean you'll still get out there who knows maybe the heat find a way here probably not <laughs> struggling uh they i mean they lost last night too so they now what they face elimination they're down three
2: two so we'll get to NBA plus. I'm still on this hockey hot, hot babies. Last night was incredible, by the way. Um, Nathan McKinnon, hat trick, hat trick, hat trick. If you saw my tweet, I went full Gary Thorne. He, his goal was remarkable. Clyde, what do you think of that goal I sent you last night? That was ridiculous.
3: And did you see the goal? What was it, two days ago? Yes. With Zadarov. That's yes. like half ice insane. I mean, there's been a lot. I would say the hockey playoffs, at least this round, have been more exciting than the NBA. Like, yes. The conference finals for NBA have been boring. I mean, these there's been some really competitive games here in hockey and just some crazy plays in general, which uh I think it's good. I the game in general's growing. And I mean, I don't know if you're watching
2: baseball over hockey right now. I what don't are really
3: you doing? Exactly. <laughs> what, I don't know what you're doing.
2: I, I don't think I, I'm with well, the Panthers gone. I, I have a rooting interest. I still have another future. I think client, I told you I have to, I, I made a few futures driving down from Florida from driving down the Florida. my last week in the Northeast. I have the Colorado Ravs still as a future, by the way. I,
3: I don't know. I don't really have an interest at this point. I didn't bet on anyone. Maybe I will now. I think getting more interesting. Um, um, but yeah no I, I I don't know I don't really have any preference at this point I guess I just don't want the Rangers to win but
2: I, I would not mind the Rangers and Lightning because that could just get hostile down in Tampa and I could see many fights showing up on Twitter and we could break these down am I right
3: yeah and it's always fun uh, yeah you know hearing the New Yorkers lose their minds so
2: yeah um, we do have a rooting interest because we have a few I have a few friends in Denver by the way look what they sent me you can hear
3: the pom poms for the listeners. The pom poms, the
2: Colorado they, Abs. They send us. They still
3: make pom poms, by the way. Shake them around, huh? Just shake them around. Give us some ASMR. Oh yeah,
2: there we go. Very. I love how the, the Abs still keep it very '90s.
3: You know. Yeah. I, mean, I need to get out to Denver. I have some friends that moved out there. It's it's you know a cool place now. I'd definitely consider moving there at one point. I've never even been there, but everything I see looks crazy, and I love out. You know, the mountains there make the mountains here look like a joke.
2: <laughs> what mountains in Florida? I got none down here.
3: I'm yeah. flat. <laughs> at least we have a little bit in the northeast, but I'm
2: yeah. So. Yeah, we've I have a rooting interest because I have a future on that. And we've I have friends in Denver told me like, hey, here's (laughs) we went to the playoff game. I think you would love this for your like weird stuff that you have for like when you go down and do sports radio. I was like, all right, cool. Open up thing. It's like a pom poms from the playoff game. Like, dude, this is cool as fuck. Anyways, so. Nothing like some pom poms. No, nothing like pom poms for real. Because I, I'm usually, I'm, I'm a, I'm pro rally towel. I think, Clyde, we're we're both pro rally towel. The pom poms pretty cool though. I'll say that for sure.
3: Rally
2: yeah. towel for days, yes. Rally uh, towel for days, yes. But pom pom, very nineties. I, I, like it. Colorado. I know, like they're the only team I used to do that that does it still, anyways. Because Detroit used to do it as well, but they went they swapped to rally towels. Gotcha. But the other cool part is. They're they're gambling. They're a legal gambling state, and they got points bet as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes.
2: So shout out shout out to homies out, out in Colorado. All right, Rangers Hurricanes. That's been another great series. I don't know if you've watched much of it, but that series is tied at two. It's literally the home teams winning both all the games. Um, I hope the Rangers could win on the road in Carolina, but I don't have much faith, anyways, because. Carolina's really dominant at home. That's the biggest thing. Um, Colorado is up 3-2. Nathan McKinnon, hat trick last night. Went to overtime last night, too, because Gabriel Adeskog didn't want to full send it into an empty netter to uh, ice the game to eliminate the Blues. So we got a game six Friday night, by the way, for Blues ab- for Blues abs. Are you ready for game six?
3: Yeah, I'm excited. I mean... Uh... I don't know really what to expect. I guess I expect Colorado to win. Uh, St. Louis has put up a fight, though. In hockey, I just always think anything can happen for the most part. That's why I love it. Rangers Hurricane is probably going seven, you know. That is going seven. Edmonton's probably going to close it, I would say. I mean, I could be wrong, but I definitely see that happening. Just uh, It seems like the cards are aligned in that way. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, I'll definitely be watching more of that. Than uh, baseball and with these basketball playoffs, I've been switching to it more
2: than I usually do. Wow. Um, other notes, I, I bring in the car. Nazem Kadri was getting death threats after game three. Busy collided with the Jordan Bennington, who's now out for the rest of the series. Um, Not cool. I like to say not cool at all. I don't know. I, I, I got to ask you this. How does how do fans get a hold of a player's know where the player's hotel is? the visiting team and figure out what room he's in
3: yeah i mean that's weird that's that's that's,
2: that's, that's that's, the one thing i've always asked like how the fuck do you get that i mean you
3: can figure out what hotel the teams stay in sometimes it's just known you know they always like staying at the same place and then people stay outside of it but knowing their room and no, i don't know the fact that that's the thing with the internet now that sometimes it's just too much man it's like to a point where it's like doxing people and their families you know and it's I Understand they're celebrities and they they like almost ask for that lifestyle, but at the same time, they don't they're human beings, so uh, at least give them a little bit of room. But I don't know, people don't like doing that
2: always. Um, the Colorado fan, like one Colorado fan, made um, signs to put them in every seat to stand, we stand with not um, cadre, which yeah. is cool as fuck. so. Um, I noticed that yesterday. Um, be open eyes, it's if you're follow any social things or hockey that's a good one to follow so that is growing the game i like to say uh battle of alberta it's just been a total gong show if you love goals you love seeing conor mcdavid to score that is your series um johnny good is a free agent to be so keep an eye on for that um do you want some flyer news for you what barry trotz barry trotz was supposed to interview but we got john tortorello is supposed to interview with the flyers i know that
3: I'll take Torts. Why not? I mean, I just want—I just want someone aggressive that'll help the front office realize how stupid they are. Um, but yeah, it's who would you rather have? I'd probably say Torts. Uh, torts, I'm not against, but I like—I think Torts just has had the recent success. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he also knows how to build a roster. I think Tortorella, he's not bad, but he almost reminds me in Laviolette, uh, where he's just kind of like a guy that gets people amped up, but he doesn't necessarily always do the most logical things to win. And I'm not saying I wouldn't want him. I think he'd be a good coach here probably. But at the same time, I just think Trotz seems like the right answer, but i I don't know. Yeah, it seems like the rumors are kind of flaking out on that a little
2: bit. So, yeah, th- this roster is not great, and everybody hates GM, so it's hard well, that,
3: to. That's why you need a you need a demanding coach, and that's yes. why I think Trotz would be the best choice.
2: I will say that I I said I predicted this when Barry Trotz get fired. I told this to Doug Plagans. Detroit's coming along pretty nicely. I thought Barry Trotz would be a perfect head coach in Detroit because they need a head coach as well. Um, Peter DeBoer, former Devils head coach, San Jose Sharks head coach, Florida Panther head coach, Las Vegas Golden Knights head coach is also available. I don't want anywhere near Peter DeBoer at all. He puts hockey to sleep. I don't want him anywhere near this roster either. Um, Tortorella. I I, I haven't trusted a Tortorella team. Well, I still have hatred towards him for 04. That's why. Him behind the flyer bench will be the weirdest sight for me, and I will have to come to grips with that because I think he's just a, I think he's just a New Yorker too, in my view. You know, you
3: just have to. I think hockey. There's so much crossover that you almost have to get used to it. I yeah, mean, like talk it. Look at uh, now, Hextall. It's like
2: Hex Hexal can go kick the sharpest of rocks. He, he sucks.
3: Yeah, but I mean I'm just saying in general, yeah. people hop around like that. There's no real oh, I worked for Philly, so I'm not working for you. It's you know, people would pick their careers over that. So Yeah,
2: I, I like to say if X Talk will go bleep himself for real. He set the franchise back twenty years.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean who knows where the Flyers are going next. But let's yeah. talk about the NBA playoffs, something that matters, because uh, I think there's no hope for that really. Um, yeah,
2: um there's no hope for the
3: Flyers. <laughs> what <laughs> do you want to start? What do
2: you want to start? West or East?
3: Let's let's start in the east because you're in Miami. So yes. what what are the vibes for Miami fans right now? What are you feeling? What are I know uh, sometimes you get callers here and there. I know Solana is always <laughs> engaged. So what are the feelings down there, in Miami?
2: Solana TV. Um, before that, Solana TV. Your boy filmed it this week. So oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, so credit to me um, for us dunking on <laughs> dunking on Janet Crowder. All right. Before before we get to we have Damon Amendolaro by the way from CBS Sports Radio we I, I have to plug this um we got to tease it CBS Sports Radio Formula WQAM 560, 985 a sports sub we will get to him soon we got to talk NBA playoffs first but we are we are ecstatic to have him on I think it was probably our one of the greatest interviews we've had with him right yeah it was awesome yeah so we'll get to, we'll get to him soon but we have to talk NBA playoffs all right Miami. The vibes are really, really um, – it depends who you ask. Um, Tobin believes it's going to go seven. Solana says it's may go six because of the Celtics in six. He said that. I just think that – I, I personally want seven, but I Does see – Tobin
3: think Heat's winning?
2: Yeah, Tobin thinks Heat's going to win. Oh,
3: my God, man.
2: He didn't, he's, he, he, he's, making a ban, he's making a ban list, by the way.
3: No, these Heat fans need a reality check straight up just tell them that dude they they almost lost to the sixers without a healthy mb mm-hmm. and we be real here james harden didn't play well at all in that series and they still had a chance the sixers still were in it i mean i'm not saying they should have won that series that's not what i'm trying to say but it was a way closer series than it should have been if the heat were this team that people claim that they are and i know now butler's banged up and the Celtics- hero's out yeah. Heroes out. So they're going to say that. But at the same time, I mean, the same thing happened to the Sixers. And I mean, I I really don't think Miami was this team. Everyone made them out to be. And, and they'll say they are because Butler's hurt now and heroes out. I really do. They would have proved, proved it. They would have been in the position to win this series if they were as good as Miami fans. And even a lot of analysts were claiming they're not that good, dude. Whoever, I mean, now yeah, it's going
2: to be. Wanda, we're going to explain they've been calling them really. You know, the Pistons of the two thousands. Yeah, that's what we've been people have compared to a Yeah,
3: I could see that. I mean, and and it, the sad thing is, is whether it's the Celtics or the Heat, which I we all think it's the Celtics now. I well, really I'm washed by the Warriors. They're going to get washed and uh, and this won't even be the Warriors' greatest accomplishment. I mean this, this is like
2: you know the remember the Red Sox when they won in 07 when they beat the Rockies and nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, people
3: probably say that about the Phillies too in 08.
2: <laughs> okay. That will yeah, yeah, well, yeah,
3: with the Rays.
2: The Rays, uh, yeah. yeah. Like when you look at like some titles like that those two especially for me like Cubs beating the Indians, that was actually a good series, I'll be honest.
3: It's I like can't. people will compare it to the Lakers like bubble year win, you know, yeah. that's what this year will be. And it sucks because this year was finally a year with a lot of level teams. And, but everyone got banged up, right? I mean, it seems like the Celtics and the Warriors are the only teams that really stayed healthy.
2: So yeah, I remember uh, COVID was going through crazy and down here in Miami with the heat anyways. And there was like a bunch of G yeah. leaguers. Myer Chalmers came back for a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean,
3: I don't know. I'm a little underwhelmed. Uh, I, i try not to be negative and like petty that it's boston and miami yeah but yeah. i really do genuinely try to watch the games and it's it's been kind of rough they're not it's, always it's
2: been hard to i think that these yeah. last two games i think
3: all right it's just wow. been it's just been so much uh you know it's been blowouts essentially so much momentum on one side and nothing on the other and you know i guess last night's game was a little closer but still
2: it felt like um, an old nba like 90s nba game Last yeah a lot time. of them have
3: been defensive in general a lot yeah. of them have been in this run um and then in the west i think dallas i wish phoenix could have just made it because dallas just looks pathetic and i
2: mean lucas really phoenix, good but- i hate i hate chris paul for passion right now if he didn't have the fucking poop down his pants i would have been happy with this western conference series finals i would not mind missing sleep all the time because this series would be like Marquee me, me watching just enjoying basketball. Yeah,
3: but I think the Warriors were better than either team. I didn't think it. I don't know. I don't know how much different it would have been. It probably would have been a little different.
2: I but, think it'll be a little closer. It a would little have,
3: maybe, maybe.
2: It, I, I it would at least go past five games. We would the not.
3: They're finding themselves right now, though. So I think either way, the Warriors were probably going to win in this round, five or six, either opponent. Um, and I, and they're going to run away with it. So I I don't know. I think it's hard to to really bet on anyone but Golden State at the. Yeah. Point.
2: Speaking of that, my phone will just fall on, on a dime. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it, I think it's gonna be warriors Celtic. I'm gonna be miserable down we're all gonna be miserable down here anyway. So
3: but yeah, I wanted different teams to win and then it's like, oh, the new age franchise that always wins and the old age franchise that always wins. So let's uh Jesus Christ. But whatever. Where's <laughs> Peyton
2: Pritchett at? We're I gotta deal with fucking Boston honks now anyways on WE you <laughs> have to deal with on WEI and we're just gonna be miserable down here. So
3: yeah.
2: yeah. We might as well go down. We might as well go to our guest right now. CBS Sports Radio nationally. Um, David Mendelaro, formerly, he used to work at 610 in sports in KC, 560WQM in Miami, like I am. 98.5 of Sports Up in CBS Sports Radio. Um, no, we don't have Sean Mirage yet, but he's un- he's waiting in the wings one day to come on. But we do have DA on. This is probably like our, our pro- this is probably the most fun we've had of a conversation, talking sports, Syracuse, and so much more. Am I right, Clyde? Yeah, let's go to D A now. D A. Damian Mendelaro. Whoosh.
3: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? they are also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VDW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Welcome to the conversation part of the Upper Bowl podcast. We have the morning show host that you can hear nationally on CBS Sports Radio. You can also see him talking baseball on MLB Network you've probably seen him many of times on the NFL Network top 10 shows my personal favorite talk about the category or reacting to the list he's been on on air to many great sports radio stations such as 610 sports radio in KC 560 WQIM in Miami and 98.5 the sports hub in Boston we'd like to welcome to the upper world podcast Damon Mendelaro Damon how are we doing this morning today
1: doing great guys doing great thanks for the nice introduction what's going on not too much. You're a Syracuse grad. We
2: gotta ask you this. This is a prereq to all the Syracuse people we've had. Who is the most famous person in your radio class?
1: Probably Andrew Catalan. Okay that was my uh, my cohort at the, our student radio station. I was the sports director, he was the assistant sports director. So we were the two-headed monster, and um, you know, he's gone on to an amazing career as play-by-play voice of the NFL on CBS of March Madness on CBS. He's called golf on CBS as well. He's just, he's done it all. So, you know, cat star continues to rise and I couldn't be prouder of him. And we just went out for dinner actually last Friday night, which was a great night. We got to catch up a little bit. So I would say he would be, but boy, our class was amazing. Catalan was in it, Carter Blackburn, CBS Sports broadcaster was in it as well. Robert Ford, who's the voice of the Houston Astros on radio, was part of our graduating class. Uh, Hector Ledesma, who's the sports anchor, sports director in San Antonio, was part of our class as well. I'm sure I'm forgetting people. Kevin Cooper was part of our class, and he was the Roselle Award winner for PR for the Houston Texans. He ran the PR for the Texans for a long time. I mean, we were just in terms of sports and people that accomplished great things. We just had an amazing class out of Newhouse, the journalism school, and then a little bit even closer with our student radio station that many of those people I just mentioned was at. So um, so, yeah, it was just it was an incredible, incredible class to be around.
2: That's like an awesome like who name of who's whose class. It's like, that's that's the coolest class ever I've heard. Is my radio class was so just me and a few other my buddies.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's just an amazing thing that when you go to SU or just other really um, selective journalism schools, you end up having a lot of people that are driven to beat their ass because they're competitive people anyway. And when you're around a of talent, like me, it was really important, impactful experience, because I just, I needed to be around other people to be professional. It helped me become a much better broadcaster. So I'll I'll always just be so thankful of those people that were around me that, that made it competitive and made it difficult. You know, a year older than us was Corey provis, who's the voice of the Minnesota twins. A year older than him was Adam Shine, who's done a lot of television work and radio work as well for Sirius Mad Dog Channel and and CBS Sports Network. A year older than him was Adam Zucker, who is the studio host for College Football Today, Inside the SEC on CBS Sports. Martin as well. So just every level that we were at, there was somebody that was super talented, hyper professional, and it just forced you, man. If I'm going to be part of this group, I've got to. I've got to keep pushing. I've got to keep getting better. And, you know, that, that was one of the most valuable things for me to become a better broadcaster.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's Syracuse in general is a good uh, reputation for that, but also just to piggyback off of that, since you were very involved with the radio and broadcasting there, who would you say was your favorite athlete uh, to cover? at Syracuse.
1: Well, that's funny because we had uh, Donovan McNabb was there my freshman and sophomore year. That was his junior and senior year. Uh, Dwight Freeney was there um, my senior year as well. We had a couple of guys you might remember from the, the NBA long careers. Jason Hart, Eton Thomas were both at SU. But the guy that I loved covering most was a wide receiver named Malik Campbell. And I did a story on him during the season, If I'm not mistaken, it was for student television. It was for one of our classes. And if I'm not mistaken, he was working with kids in a local school. We did a story on that. But he sat behind me at graduation. We all graduated at the Carrier Road. And so he was sitting behind me. So we had this moment where I was covering his games, interviewing him at practice, doing a story on him as well during the year. And then we were graduating, you know, a couple of seats away from one another. So I'll I'll always remember that and he was such a cool guy and he was so down to earth and no ego whatsoever so uh probably uh probably Malik would have been my favorite that's awesome
2: that's that's actually really cool when you have someone like you've covered and then like, you're sitting right like two yeah. seats down from him it's like wow that's really cool And my mom's like yeah. my mom was like you were next to that guy in congratulations. like right.
1: Yep. yeah right exactly
2: so you've worked at three major sports radio stations 610 in KC, 560 WQAM in Miami, 98.5 the Sports Hub in Boston. What was it all like when you, the Chiefs were good with um, the old, with Dick Vermeil? the Dolphins with the new ownership, and the Patriots being the Patriots? What, what's it like be, covering being those three major sports markets?
1: Well, when I was my first job, full time job was in Fort Myers, Florida, and my goal was when I was there, and I loved it. But I said, I really want to get to a market that has a professional sports team. And that's when I got a Kansas City job and they have the Chiefs and the Royals. And I thought, wow, what, a, what an incredible opportunity. I get to cover professional sports, baseball and football. But the Royals were so bad that it was all Chiefs all the time. And I just will always remember how it was like an avalanche of football 365 days a year and really when you say they, the emotions of that city rise and fall based on a Chiefs Sunday it's true if the Chiefs win it's a good week if they lose everybody in town is miserable and if they don't make the playoffs everybody in town is cranky and upset and frustrated and if they made the playoffs you know there was hope for the next year and it really was that dramatic and Every day we would do chief stories, I mean, every single day. And I was like, wow, this is what a football town is all about. And I still believe going to Arrowhead Stadium on a fall Sunday is one of the greatest sports experiences I'll ever have. Everybody should do it. It is just one of the best football environments ever. So I was just so fortunate to be part of that. But the, the Chiefs, prior to Patrick Mahomes, just tortured their fan base. I mean, they were the most loyal fans they couldn't even win a playoff game. And I, I was there for five years. They didn't win a playoff game. They went to the playoffs multiple times, but they hadn't won a playoff game, what, gosh, 20 years or so by the time that Mahomes finally did it. So torture. When I got to Miami, they had been beaten down so long already. They had, you know, gone from the Merino years to just kind of middling, mediocre, uh, you know, type of football. When I got there in 08 and 09, and they were coming out of the Nick Saban disaster. Oh, so God. <laughs> I had just come after Cam Cameron, who went one and 15 and they fired him and then brought in Parcells to oversee everything. And then Tony Sperano was his head coach and they went from one and 15 to 11 and five. And so I covered that year and that was amazing. Nobody could believe that it was happening. So that was really a thrill for everybody, but you kind of knew it was a house of cards because. They weren't as good as eleven to five. That was the Wildcat year. And so it was like, yeah, they're good, but is this sustainable? And of course it wasn't. At the time the heat were terrible as well. It was one of those weird downtimes when they were losing a lot, even though Wade was there and they ended up drafting Michael Beasley. It was a weird couple of years. The Marlins were a disaster. So when I was in Miami, like outside of that eleven to five year for the Dolphins, it was awful.
2: And the Panthers were the Panthers. They were just a disaster.
1: Exactly. And now they're and then I went to Boston. And it was like a 180 degree difference. You go to Boston and every single one of those teams was expected to win a championship. So I got there at 09. The Patriots were back in the super bowl in 10 uh, in 11, the red Sox had just won a world series in seven. They would go back a couple of years later in 13 and win it. The Bruins hadn't won a Stanley cup since the seventies. I was there in 2011 covering the Bruins Stanley cup playoff run and the Celtics had just won in 08 and had gone back to another finals when I was covering them in 2010. And it was just like every season we were covering was another chance to win a championship. And that's just an insane reality. I don't know of any town has ever gone through four teams and every single one of them for a number of years had a chance. Now they didn't all win championships, but the intensity with which Boston operates is just outrageous on a daily level and anything, but then you add into a championship aspirations in sports and it's really, really wild. And I was part of a machine. I mean, I, I don't know how much I contributed, but 985 the sports sub launched in August of 09 and I was the night show host. And by like, January, 2010, we had already started beating the competition in the ratings books and like had become like a ratings monster. I mean, and that never happens in sports talk radio, a fledgling station takes years, if not decades to chase down the establishment. They don't do it in six months. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. What am I part of? And I think that changed my career quite a bit because it, it taught me how to maneuver in a massive market but with also a lot of attention because in many ways sports media is like the fifth franchise in boston it is covered like it's a sports team who's going where who said what what contract what's the ratings you know what what feud is going on it's and i was like wow there's so much attention here in what we do that you have to be on point all the time so it was an incredible experience. And I think the success there helped get me to CBS Sports Radio because, you know, people within the company were like, well, what is going on with the sports hub? And and, you know, how were they pulling this type of ratings number? And um, you know, kind of put me on the map in, in many ways. So three crazy experiences, all of them were just really amazing in in building my career. That's awesome.
2: Especially the Boston part, because I always I always forget about like the sports sub like growing up and like and it took off and you were there. And like it went wild because they got the Celtics and the Bruins because they actually talked basketball and hockey, which is crazy. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, can we talk about your Miami times a little bit? Like how much sure. what what was because I've worked there currently as a board up and stuff. What was, what did you see the most from like, were you there when the end of Shaq, then Wade was there, then like before you were there before the big three came?
1: Yes. Yeah, I was there in 08 and 09. And so it was this weird bridge time after Shaq had left. Um, Wade was still there, but it was right at the beginning of Spolstra. And they were really bad and who they were going to get with the number one pick. And there was this debate if they were going to get the number one pick or the number two pick. What do you do? They end up with a two pick. They get Michael Beasley. Um, And so the Heat were it was a bridge time. It was before they kind of found their footing again uh, when they got LeBron a couple of years later. And, you know, Chris Bosh, et cetera. But, you know, I, I thought the Heat were always interesting because they were so professional of a franchise. Riley ran it. He ran it like the Mafia. It was highly <laughs> organized. It was your friends of the Mafia or your enemies of the Mafia. Um, everything was was detailed to a point. You just saw that they were very highly structured, organized, and there was a plan behind everything. There was a strategy behind everything. And even at the time when they were not winning, there was a respect that they had, at least among the sports media, certainly, of, yeah, but they know what they're doing and they're well run. It's just kind of a bad time. Um, versus some other teams where you're just like, boy, they 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 have no idea. Like, the Marlins have always been known as the franchise that has no idea what it's doing, who they are, what the plan is. You know, and at that time, they were battling for the new stadium. And um, I never got to see the new stadium get built, but it was always like, how much money are they stealing? Why do they, you know, how much... Are they going to get kickbacks from city government to build a, a ballpark? Why won't they invest the money in anything? Why are they selling every player? How can they make money when there's 13 people at ball games? And that was always kind of a very bizarre underpinning of, of Miami sports.
2: I'm like getting used to the whole Miami thing. It's like the Heat's number one. Then it's the Dolphins. Now the Canes are like good now because they got um... – I'm losing the coach's name right now. Cristobal, the Panthers yeah, are good. And it's like really weird. The Marlins are still the Marlins, which is even funnier. As you still say, it's yeah. 15 years later, there's still the Marlins, are still right. the Marlins. And they got a ballpark, which is crazier. <laughs> yeah. um, what would you say,
3: just with, um, you know, your experience in all the markets? I'm a Northeast guy. I grew up in Philly. Now I'm working in Connecticut. I work around. We play the Red Sox. So I talk to a lot of New Yorkers, Boston fans. How would you say? Because Northeast, I feel like we're all kind of the same, you know, Boston and people feel like people in New York, we might act like we're different, but for the most part, we're kind of the same beast. How would you say people like in Florida or Kansas City, like what would be the biggest difference uh, just from your experience?
1: By the way, great old school Eagles poster. I love <laughs> Thank that you. old logo. I love those old uniforms. The Randall Cunningham uniforms and helmets are just amazing. We're finally think, coming back. After yeah, that. I know. I can't wait. I think the biggest difference is when you're from the Northeast, Philly, Boston, New York, you're kind of always ready for a fight. Everybody's (laughs) kind of always at a certain pitch and whether it's in traffic, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's at the gas station, whether it's at a stadium, you're kind of like always ready to get something thrown at you, hear something, you know, get, you're always ready in case somebody comes at you and you treat sports very much that way, that everything is kind of a brawl. I think Philly and Boston take it to a different level because there's also maybe a slight insecurity complex that they are not New York. And so, you know, there's, there's a little bit of like angst about that and I'll prove you and I'll show you, I mean, there's a real Boston, New York thing. That's real, not just in baseball or sports because so many New Yorkers go to Boston for college and it kind of feels like an invasion every September when a bunch of <laughs> college kids show up from long Island and New York city and et cetera. And it's like, you know, they're taking over the city. So there's something that's real there. And then also, you know, the, the New York Philly thing is amazing. Cause they're, you know, you can get between the two cities in an hour and 20 minutes. So there's a proximity there. I think elsewhere in the country, they're not as ready to rumble, but also, at least in Miami, it was, we want you to be good, but if you're not, we have other things to do. I think in New York, maybe that's the case because there's so much going on. But in Boston and Philly, no, there isn't anything else to do. So you have to be good. You don't get a pass. You don't get an excuse. It's not like, oh, the Sixers are bad this year. I'll go to the beach. If the Sixers are bad this year, I have to sit in my house and watch the Sixers. If the Eagles are bad this year, I have to sit in my house and go rake leaves and go turn on the heat, and I have to be miserable about the Eagles. Like, there is no no exit strategy there. And so I just think that there's a certain direness that comes with being a sports fan in a northern climate. This happens in in the Midwest as well. Like, they're much more polite. They're much more civil. Mm -hmm. You go to Minnesota, you go to Green Bay, you go to Detroit. you go to Cleveland and you know, these are Pittsburgh. They're, they're great sports towns. It's also it's fed because if our teams aren't good, there's nothing else to do. We we need these teams (laughs) to be good or else we're going to get really depressed. So that urgency that comes with it, like you don't see that out in LA. I don't think you see that as much in Texas or certainly Florida. It's that when your weather's miserable, like, Sports is one of the only things you have as an out pattern.
2: I, I've been made fun of a lot because I'm a, I am love the Cubs. I've just been so out on baseball ever since I moved down here because the Marlins are trash. That's why. So I was like, my yeah. love for baseball is on the wayside. Imagine
1: side. if you're in Chicago and you have basically two beautiful months a year. And for those two beautiful months, you have to get out of the house because between, you know, July 1 and September 1, these are our only days. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to Wrigley. I'm going to sit in the sun. I'm going to have a few beers. We're going to have a hot dog and really enjoy my life. You know, if you're in Miami, that's basically
2: 365
1: through April 15th when it's beautiful. And then only after that, you can't go outside because it's too hot. You just don't want to bother with it. But like you, you take those types of days for granted because they're almost every day.
2: Definitely. Um, can you tell us about Mo Gabo, the famous listener you've had in Baltimore, Maryland? I feel like we, it's always a must when anyone who has have you on, we have to talk about it. So because he's a famous yeah, listener. Yeah, he's
1: over my right shoulder right now. Actually, that's Little Mo. That's a cutout from um, his Hall of Fame induction into the Orioles Hall of Fame last year. Little Mo was an awesome Baltimore sports fan, Orioles and uh, and Ravens. And he used to call our radio show. Young man, he he grew up blind, and he was in and out of hospitals. So he had had cancer, kind of ravaged his body for many years until he passed away at about the age of 13. But during that time, he affected everybody in Baltimore in such a positive way. He became an ambassador, basically, of Baltimore sports. He was invited to the Ravens, a training camp to run a play with them. He was invited to Orioles Fan Fest to ask Manny Machado questions on their fan panel. He became just... Uh, a civic icon in Baltimore and they named a street after him. They inducted him into the hall of fame. If you watch Baltimore Ravens games, now the MO in Baltimore and the end zone is highlighted for Mo, which still gives me chills. And he was just an amazing young man. He, he had this amazing spirit, amazing positivity, and he always had such an incredible perspective in many ways, kind of a, a miraculous, not from earth perspective where no matter how bad he had it, it was a good day, you know, and his health was poor and his vision was poor and his situation was bad. And he, you would never know. He was laughing all the time. He was joking all the time. He called us to make fun of us and the show and to talk sports. And he just laughed and laughed and laughed. And it was so infectious that he's quite, literally my inspiration he's certainly one of my role models and I I feel so lucky to have met him and spent some time with him before he passed away but he lives forever and um, I continue to make him part of my show with Momentous Mondays we do inspiration in sports every single Monday and we like to play his sound clips of laughing as much as possible and try to get down to Baltimore for a game to spend some time with his closest friends and family down there to keep his spirit alive and you know, whatever I can do to, to keep pushing that uh, message, I want to do, and that's just we all wake up and go like, oh man, today's going to be a bad day, or I can't believe this happened, or I can't believe that happened. But if you frame it that Mo as Mo did is, I get to choose whether today is good or not. Everything that happens to me, I get to choose whether that's a good thing, and I can make it into a good thing. I choose my attitude. I choose my happiness. It's a powerful thing, and um, Mo's one of the great teachers of all time, and. I miss him, but I know that he's always listening and he was always hanging out. He's behind me in my office right now, and um, I feel real lucky to have met him.
2: That's awesome. Um, let's do some fun rapid fire. Um, what is your top sport and why?
1: Always been football. I grew up just a huge NFL fan. Um, you mentioned those NFL top 10 uh, shows that I was, I was part of on uh, the NFL Network. I just grew up loving NFL films. I loved watching old Super Bowls and old fantastic finishes and old, um, you know, John Facenda highlights. And so I I would, I would just practice that in the backyard. Like I remember recreating Facenda doing Gail Sayers in the mud and football has always been like very romanticized in my brain. So football is my first and foremost, the NFL more than college football has always been my love. Although in recent years, college football's really jumped up quite a bit because I've covered more of it working nationally, have lived in a few areas like Kansas City and Florida where it's such a huge deal. But uh, as a sport in general, football's always going to be my number one.
2: Who's your favorite athlete today in sports?
1: Great question. Might be honest. Um, I like the guys who are great but also have – um, no ego also have a really great world perspective of keeping things in perspective and not getting caught up in their own stuff. There there's so much stuff with athletes. Now there's so much drama. There's so much complaining. There's so much wealth. There's so much attention. Giannis is one of the most grounded guys that I think we've ever seen be a superstar. So it would probably be Giannis basketball, Um, in football, I'd have to think about that, but, um, I love Joe Burrow. I really love Joe Burrow. We're a a pro Joe
2: Burrow podcast on this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's something about him. That's also very humble, even though he has that. you know where really cool stuff and bling, bling it out. There's something about him that he, he knows where he came from and it's just about hard work and it's just about being quiet and letting your play speak that i really resonate with so um might be joker but i have to think about that but uh, that's a really good question what is which mirage
2: take is the most insane this is clyde works so remember that
1: well <laughs> I, I let me
3: let me put perspective because you know he has the yeah, chicken yeah. wings take or he thought chicken wings just regrew uh he yeah. had the Six packs are disgusting take a week or so back on your show. yeah, that was a terrible take. <laughs> horrendous take. <laughs> but he also said this week on our Bet Nation show, my brother called it because he always complains about Marash's opinions. <laughs> and he said to my brother when they were arguing about the Eagles and the Giants that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback and a better runner than Jalen hurts. And I feel like that might even be the most insane take he's had to that at least that I've heard, but i'll I'll let you have the floor now.
1: Yeah, my producer Mraz, has so many awful takes. <laughs> I've worked for, with him now for nine and a half years. So they're just I, I mean stacks and stacks of stacks of terrible takes. I think <laughs> his worst though, his worst call was the Giants drafted Davis Webb <laughs> out of UC UC Berkeley. And it wasn't even Cal. No, it was it was a bad UC. It was a it was Cal something. I mean, I can't remember. It was so bad. Maybe <laughs> Was he Cal? I don't know. He Cal was a Cal Berkeley,
2: Berkeley guy. Brain. Yeah, I have I have a weird What's... college football brain for co- oh. random quarterbacks. Okay. So
1: Davis Webb was drafted maybe in the third, fourth, fifth round. It was like the Four? fourth
2: round, fourth fifth round.
1: And he said the Giants are now set at quarterback for the next fifteen years. <laughs> and I was like, first of all. He's like, no, I watched film on this kid. I'm like, I don't care how much film you watched. He was drafted in the fourth round. You don't ever draft <laughs> a guy in the fourth round and go like, we're set for 15 years. There's a reason he fell to the fourth round. Now you can find Russell Wilson. You can find Dak Prescott, but on draft day, nobody said that's our quarterback for 15 years. Number two, Davis Webb. I don't even know if he made this his second year. Like he might've been in the practice squad, but the Jets practice he was squad of the league. He's out of the league in 15 minutes. And he was supposed to be the franchise guy for 15 years. So I never let Mraz live that down. Davis Webb was supposed to be the next D-line man.
2: I'll write that down. (laughs) (laughs) You could also call him out on the Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones singing. That's a terrible one as well. Yes. You're a New Yorker. Are you a Jets or a Giants guy?
1: I uh, grew up as a Giants fan. My dad went all the way back to Yankee Stadium Giants days.
2: Okay. My mom's side's all Giant fans, and they all hate me because I'm an Eagle fan. So which New York team will be has a better outlook this year, the Jets or the Giants?
1: The Jets are closer to being competitive than the Giants are. I don't think the Giants are very close to being competitive, but I don't know if the long-term outlook of the Jets is all that good. You know, I still think that Zach Wilson's a complete unknown, um, and – I don't know about Robert Sall as head coach and I I I wonder about some of their moves. The Giants are still steps away. I mean, Daniel Jones just isn't the guy in my estimation. Same too. So they're gonna have to go through this year and then draft another quarterback and then get him up to speed. So the Jets are closer to competitiveness right now. What's
2: what Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, who's a better Mirage air to side?
1: Which is bet. a better what?
2: Moraz said he's a uh, said on, on Bet Nation. Who's a better quarterback?
1: Um, look, Daniel Jones can't stay healthy, so I don't know how you can you can opt for Daniel Jones in any argument. Certainly, Jalen Hurts. and Daniel Jones is a really good scrambler, but I think Hurts is better. Out odd. If I have to pick one of the two, I'll take Jalen just because there's still an upside to be scratched. Where I think we know what Daniel Jones is. But I'm not laying a lot of money on either one of them right now. Who you got
2: winning the NBA Finals?
1: The Warriors, even though I don't think they're a great team, but they're going to have navigated a pretty easy road to the playoffs. You know, in the second round, they get a two-seed in the Grizzlies that had lost John Moran, and they kind of got by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin chin a couple of times. They benefited from getting the Mavericks in this series. I mean, the Suns would have been better than the Mavericks, even though the Suns melted down in Game 7. In the East, I mean, the Heat are pretty clearly flawed and the Celtics sometimes show up and look awesome and sometimes just decide not to show up. So I think it's just going to be by benefit of consistency and veteran play, the Warriors. But look, this, this would be the worst of the Warriors championships. This would be way worse than the two Kevin Durant years and worse than the 2015 year, their first title when they beat the Cavs. It'd be like,
2: you know, that redheaded stepchild, like when the Red Sox beat the Rockies, people forget about it instantly.
1: Yeah. Although that Red Sox team was actually really good. I I think it was that 13 Red Sox team, right. That beat um, the Cardinals. Oh, seven
2: was Rockies. 13 was Cardinals again. And 18 was the Dodgers.
1: Okay. Yeah. That 13 Red Sox team was like, eh, they were all right, but they just kind of happened to have a couple of huge games when it mattered in the playoffs. Definitely. This year's
3: reminding me just of the bubble year with the NBA. These playoffs just have been underwhelming.
1: Yeah, there's been just too many blowouts. It's it's mm-hmm. been hard to put your finger on why because some teams look great one night and then in the same series look awful the next night.
2: I've been tr- I've been I've been trying to keep track of both NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs down here because the Heat and Panthers play on the same day anyway, so it's really hard to pick which team yeah. I want to go go watch for. Yeah, sure. Um, da, can you plug your socials and
1: everything where everyone could follow you and everything? Yeah, sure. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at DA on CBS. On Instagram, it's at Damon Amendo. And um, if you want to listen to the show, you can check it out um, on our website, cbsportsradio.com, if it's not on in your your local area, or the Odyssey app's really good, or the CBS Sports app, honestly. You probably already have a CBS Sports app for sports news if you're watching this or listening to this pod. So um, if you have the CBS Sports app, just go to Live Radio, and I'm on every morning.
2: Or the Twitch app, because you guys are live on there.
1: Yeah, on Twitch as well. Check out CBS Sports Radio. That's always fun.
2: Damon, you are now a ref- official recurring guest of the Upper Bowl Podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, I'm taking a bow. Thank you for having me. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. <laughs> this is
2: cool. Thank you. Thanks for coming, man. Welcome back. Thank you to Damon Amendolaro. You can follow him on Twitter at DA on CBS on Twitter great follow um follow his show on twitch please and if you ever have a chance rip mirage for us if you have a chance to anyways yes, Mar- yes. please um like today if you're listening to this on friday or any other or enjoying the long weekend honestly there's a vo- photo of him like try- mirage is trying to fix his green screen was, was falling on him always composed that always point. composed what, can, can we say he's a national treasure
3: yet or no I guess so. I don't know. No, no. Don't give him that honor. know like
2: I, I won't let him hear this. But okay, yeah. I'll 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 cut that. We'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, big thanks to Damon Amendola. It was it was it was an honor. We'll have him. We'll hopefully have him back once football season starts or another dead time starts. All righty. Um, where do we go from here? All right. NFL. There's possibly the NFL. We could finally get rid of the fucking Pro Bowl. They're going to there's a possibility of eliminating the game. Yeah,
3: I doubt it because it still has incentives and contracts. It'll be there in some capacity. Maybe it'll change again because they're trying to get people to stop complaining about it. It I think in general, I think in general, we need to stop with the Pro Bowl outrage. We just do. It's not that big of a deal. Just let it be the Pro Bowl. Kids like it. It's not for you. It's for the players and it's for the kids. Get over it. Don't go to it. Don't you know, don't it's bottom line. It's for the kids. Just literally let them have it and let the players... Just put in Orlando.
2: It. Just put it in Orlando.
3: Well, it is. It's always in Orlando. Well,
2: it was in Vegas this past year for the adult kids uh, like us. Oh, okay. okay. We're, we're, if you had to put it somewhere full-time, can we just put it back to Hawaii then?
3: Well, I don't know. That's not necessarily kids accessible. It's hard for kids to get there. I think I like Orlando better. It's easier. You know, Disney's there, so kids can get there easy. So it's. I like that idea. I wouldn't go to the Pro Bowl, honestly. Yeah, but again... If you're a, a father who loves football and you have a four year old who wants to go to the game with all the stars, and they have the SpongeBob inter, you know, intermission and squid, squid words interviews, and, yeah, and the mascots giving out prizes, you know, it's it's not for us. You know, we have the whole regular season for us. So get over the Pro Bowl, in my okay. opinion. Stop complaining about it in general.
2: Definitely. Um, what else? Yeah, Amazon's got the thing. Um, we will do Eagles schedule sometime soon. I think probably July will do it.
3: Yeah. We'll give it time because a lot's going to change doing yeah, it I, now. It's just not, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously there are a lot of changes, but there will be more.
2: So. It's so super sports talk radio of us. If we yes, did it right yes, now and I don't want to, <laughs> like, we're not fan like Trevor, we need you to do the giant schedules. Like no, not feeling it yet. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, we did talk about Jimbo Fisher's Nick Saban, which I think it's hilarious. Um, by the way, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, by the way. So first off, for anyone, to, don't do anything stupid. Am I right? Yes. No No one needs a JPP themselves. Yeah, I usually say this around 4th of July, but I have to say this around Memorial Day. Let's don't do that. But we do have the match, which is probably my favorite thing of all time to watch. Am I right?
3: Yeah, it's always fun watching the golf uh, little. Bouts between professional celebrities playing a sport that they're not necessarily that good at, but uh usually, I mean, they're, they're rich, so they play a decent amount. I actually
2: like this grouping, honestly. Yeah. Of Rogers, Brady, Mahomes, and Josh Allen.
3: Yeah. I like how it's uh kind of like new age and old age in a way.
2: I feel like, honestly, I'm happy. We have our new Brady Manning game, which is Mahomes and Allen, which I'm, Low mold. I love every second of those games. Yeah, I mean,
3: that game was sick. That Buffalo-KC game. And now, I mean, dude, I really – I don't know if KC can be as good as they were without Tyreek. I know. We'll see. We will see. I mean, Mahomes has to prove it. Uh, but, yeah, Josh Allen, man. and that, it, it was heartbreaking the way they lost that game, but that was one of the most exciting games, I think. Almost – you could ask people that was
0: I told, like you, the I, Super Bowl, I told you Bowl. I told you –
2: I told you I bet the bills that week, right? Of course, yeah. I, I was like, "Give me the bills." <laughs> no, I will. I, I'm on like, like when Brady Manning was on high, I was a Manning guy, and I'm a Josh Allen guy. I can't go wrong with like. I know Mahomes at the pedigrees at the Champions. I love Josh Allen with all my heart. Yeah, I, just, I like him. I don't.
3: I, you know, I like Burrow more, but I like Josh Allen. Yeah,
2: I, I'm ready for Burrow. Burrow Allen. I, I'm ready for that. That is. The probably the game of the year for this podcast, anyways. Um, can you get the odds right now for the match, anyways, for me? Are they letting you bet on that? No, I just want to see what the odds are. That's why, <laughs> if there is any, because my my DraftKings sports book is not loading for me down here. Uh,
3: Brady and Rogers minus two forty, Mahomes and Allen plus one eighty.
2: Give me Mahomes. Yeah. Give me Mahomes and Allen at plus one eighty.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not betting on that i'm just i i I did i did the first
2: i did when phil nicholson versus tiger i i put a nice amount of money on tiger on phil nicholson by the way i don't know
3: i'm not betting
2: golf that's bottom line (laughs) okay then Um, i'm excited for um also this weekend is indy 500 i do have odds for that by the way and is monaco this weekend um Who do you... All right, we will do... I feel like we haven't done a little gambling content in a while. I think we need a little fun with this. Monica, who do you think is going to win? I'll give you the odds right now for a winner. Max Verstappen plus 120. Would you take that?
3: He won last week, and LeClerc got a DQ. His car shut down, and he was leading the whole race. But LeClerc is known for kind of messing up at Monaco I believe he has had a crash there every single race but I don't know maybe maybe they improved their car a little bit more last week Mercedes gained some momentum uh, I know Louis Hamilton was making comments that it seems like they've made improvements to the car and he's feeling more confident after having a down year so it seems like it's going to be a Louis Hamilton Leclerc Verstappen three-way race to I mean it's going to be a, a a three-way run for whoever wins this season. And uh, I think that's exciting, but my guts, my guts telling me take Leclerc, but I, I don't know. I, I think with his history here, I'd probably lean Verstappen. Again. Leclerc
2: is a minus 105 favorite to win,
3: but I am also a Verstappen fan. So I feel like I'm a little biased, but I, I don't know. I think it might be smart taking Leclerc, but at the same time, those aren't great odds. So
2: plus 2000 for Lewis Hamilton.
3: That. That I would look at. That is something to really consider because he's he's making a comeback. So I don't know. F one is really fun to watch uh, if you're bored on the weekends with it, no football.
2: We are getting into the time of den zones where we may talk a little F one because I am trying to find something to watch. Please I've
3: been watching it a lot with my brother, so I could I can keep I could be the F one guy.
2: All right, good. So the only thing I, I haven't watched F one fully. You'll laugh. Since 2004.
3: Hey, I mean, it's not your thing. I started watching it kind of in the pandemic. My brother started a little before, but then I was working 6 a.m. shifts on Saturdays and working weird hours all the time. So I would just throw it on, like watch the qualifiers. Yeah. Sunday, wake up, make coffee. It's on. Same with like Premier League. You know, I just wake up on a Saturday morning and, you know, man, city's on, whatever. It's like, I'll throw it on, whatever. Nothing else is on at that time. And yeah,
2: so. I was doing I did the Champ Car, like in the cart when they had the split of IndyCar and stuff. I, I can't was,
3: do IndyCar Car NASCAR. I can't. Though. I can't.
2: I can't do IndyCar. I can't. Ever since they came back together, like nope. I'm. I won't. I won't root for it. Well, did you see the NASCAR race at the Coliseum? It was so dumb. It was. It, I looked, mean, it, it looked bad. Yes. So
3: small, and I feel like that's half their races anymore. It's just giant circles, and
2: I don't know, man. Give me I, a street. Just, I'm, well. I'm, I'm. I'm. I. There's a few things I love. Give me a cool street circuit. I always think that's really cool when you drive through the city at all. That's why F1's sick
3: because all the tracks are different and then they go through like cities. It's crazy.
2: I remember young me, which I 2002 Trevor was cool by this because I always thought this was kind of cool actually. Miami had a champ car race and it was um, driving through like the streets of um, Biscayne and stuff. Like look at that.
3: Yeah, I mean the stock cars in F one and everything. Are- like the, this is this is from like two thousand three, anyways. I know just just the way that they're designed and the way I mean those like indie car style almost just built to literally be the fastest thing is yeah,
2: turbo everything. I, I miss those days when you they, they would do like Vancouver, Toronto, which they still have. Long Beach was is always cool. I I can't watch it. They they do street circuits or they they did like an airport once by the way, like Cleveland, like a weird, like left right hander is like a skinny corner. Then you just you're going flat out the whole way. So um, that's Indy 500, um, Indy 500 this week, and I probably won't watch anyway. So Um, what other than that baseball um, is
3: Jojo already going to get fired? He might. Yeah, it seems like the vibe Uh, Red Sox are bouncing back, though. It seems like they're getting better. Are they back
2: yet? Because I've I've been told they're not back
3: yet. They've won like seven straight, so they might be. I mean, who knows? We'll see. It yes. might just be a blip, but that's baseball in a nutshell. So, um,
2: yeah. Cubs are the Cubs. I'm not buying into any of this hype. They, they're, they lost to the Reds last night, but they won the first two games of this four-game series. They play it in 1230 today, by the way. Which I love the twelve thirty like when Cincinnati does these twelve thirty games, and a nice
3: little day game, business business casual game, you know, all the little uh, sales meetings and things. I
2: I would usually go to this game in Cincinnati and just go see the Cubs play because it's like, what else do I have to do? I'm I don't, I don't I'm not working this day. I'm gonna go see the Cub and drink a few beers and maybe I'll rub, rub some elbows with some people. <laughs> so I kind of miss I miss those twelve thirty games. <coughs> but sometimes i just don't miss driving to cincinnati at all the worst drive ever columbus to cincinnati the most boringest drive of all time
3: i'll take boring over hectic connecticut
2: i'm sure is worse yeah miami is also kind of hectic right now also so as yeah um by the way i like to play a game with you How, how much money do you think i spent at the honda dealership yesterday
3: this is why you have to leave your car with a slip and say, I only want an oil change. I will be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. to pick it up. And if you do that, then they can't rook you.
2: No, no, no. I uh, I had oil change was a part of this. I had a brake fluid flush, which I needed to, on my car because it showed up on my dash, tire rotation, and I had to have them do new fog lights as well.
3: I don't know, like 750. Nope.
2: 375.
3: That's not bad. That's actually not as bad. I mean, it's expensive, but I feel like you'd
2: expect it to be more than that. That's yeah. Not terrible. Um, yeah. Guess what else they found out? What's that? My battery was failing too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because I still, I was still in a war. I had a three, I bought a, a new one like last year. I had a three year warranty. And, and like they told me, like, do you have the receipt from your warranty? He's like, could you go to ask Honda of Westport? Like, we don't have communication. Like, god damn it. So I had to like call my old dealership up, like, Can you send me this receipt. So. Um. Other than that, a uh, big thanks to Damon Amendolaro from CBS Sports Radio coming on. It was an honor to have him on the podcast as well. Am I right, Clyde?
3: Yes, sir. It was awesome.
2: It was awesome. Um. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Don't do anything stupid. Don't JPP you yourself or anything. Um. Football is hopefully coming soon. NBA. Fi- we'll fi- We'll find out if we have NBA Finals or not coming next week. So. And we'll have Eastern Conference Finals probably for the Eastern and Western Conference Finals for the NHL. So we'll get ready for that. Other than that, what should the listeners do as always, Clyde? Share, review,
3: subscribe, and uh, thanks for listening. Have a good one.
2: Thank you. And thank you, Damon Amendola, for coming on the Upper Bowl Podcast. Take care. Enjoy your long weekend.